0: All right, welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. Dr. David Miller ND here with Michelle Pobega Andy. What's up?
1: What up? Happy What's to be here, up, Dave. Man. Happy to be here. Yeah. Nothing. Me too. Just just have just, you know what? It feels like there was a there's a weird there's a weird something happening. I feel like the tides have turned. I'm in a good headspace. I'm back on my meditation jazz. I'm trying some frequency therapies to like help keep my body in like a happy place and things are good how are you
0: good 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 I am um I'm not being perfect with my naturopathic uh lifestyle but I think I'm doing all right um and that's like that's like a theme lately I find is (laughs) like as I get older I'm I'm a lot easier on people because I I feel like uh yeah progress over perfection always comes through
1: perfection is overrated who even gets to decide whoever who even gets to decide what that is I feel like it's just this like movable constantly movable goalpost so
0: yeah it's a funny one because paradoxically you got to aim kind of for it but you don't you can't really expect it and it's like a funny sort of paradox that's taken me a long time to try and try and get
1: aim for greatness not perfection oh
0: nice nice I like it
2: yeah how about that
0: well speaking of greatness we are talking about possibly one of the greatest nerves today. That sounds really nerdy, anatomical nerdy, but um, yeah, totally does. It does, but is it not one of the coolest nerves if you had to sort of rate the coolness of nerves?
1: It's my favorite nerve. I'm really being frank.
0: Yeah, so be frank with us and tell us what we're talking about.
1: I'll be frank. You be. You can still be Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Dag jokes. <laughs> yeah, we are we are talking about our, our our favorite nerve and Dave. You want to tell the audience what what? Well, I, I, I gave think. it up
0: to you, but it's the Vegas nerve. I was yeah. you threw it right back at me.
1: I did. I Vegas
0: did. nerve. It, we're it's a, it, it's a wandering conversation already. Just like the Vegas nerve is n- named such for being wandering, the vagabond nerve. Vegas is, for reals. Yeah. Cause it's wandering comes from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's sometimes word etymology is helpful and cool. And that's where it comes from because it's called the wandering nerve because it wanders anatomically from your brainstem inside your skull to the splenic flexure basically. And, and it touches its magic parasympathetic system, fairy dust on everything along the way. Yeah.
1: It's pretty magical. I I dig that fairy dust. She's good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's look, it's rest and digest. And let's, well, maybe we'll just like oversimplify the kind of like sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system. We're not really going to talk about like the uh, polyvagal theory and stuff. I think we've talked about it before.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, so for people who are not in the naturopathic realm or a physician of some sorts or clinician, you're autonomic nervous system is basically the un we don't need our consciousness to direct what it does it's the it's the automated stuff that happens in our body like our heart beating our lungs breathing like all that stuff that doesn't require our thought um and the parasympathetic nervous response is one branch of that automated response and your vagus nerve is like If I remember correctly, hold on. There was a statistic I was reading. It said um, that it holds your vagus nerve holds 75 to 85% of parasympathetic nervous fibers. That's a significant amount. Yeah. So um it really makes up majority of your parasympathetic response. And your parasympathetic response is your rest and digest response. The other one is your sympathetic response, which is your fight, flight, freeze you know, that uh, end like endorphin, adrenaline rush, like how do I got to react to a stressor kind of vibe? So mm-hmm. this is this is the exact opposite. So they have to have this interplay within our body to keep us alive and allow us to be able to react and adjust to adjust the environment around us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need both. You need a gas pedal and yeah. you need the brakes. And, yeah. and I think mostly we're lacking a lot in the brakes and that's where the parasympathetic and vagus really, Uh, come in come into Mm -hmm. play um but i mean we can we'll talk a little bit about any relevant anatomy maybe has come up but i think to keep the picture sort of like um big and and inclusive of of maybe relevance for for people let's let's say some of the things that it has huge influence on as a whole Mm -hmm. and you could say mood immune response digestion which i mean you could dissect that even more heart Mm -hmm. rate Mm -hmm. breathing Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and potentially gives us some therapeutic opportunities in, uh, depression, PTSD, IBD, IBS, uh, uh, and, and interesting you, and we were talking briefly about this too, in terms of like, um, I think you brought up resiliency or something like that. Adaptability. Yeah. So it's, so when I, there's some people in my life with, um some struggles with you know resiliency or to changing situations mm-hmm. uh, I think it happens a lot in kids and especially if they have ADHD so I see some I'm actually I'm wondering how much there is uh, implications for this in ADHD but it helps you be sort of emotionally more resilient to ups and downs
1: yeah absolutely um, absolutely yeah. So like, I think the other thing too, it just, it can help you not only adapt from an emotional perspective, but it also enables your body to more effectively adapt to even physical and chemical stressors in the environment. So yes. it's not even emotional stressors. It's going to also allow you to adapt in like on a physical plane as well, which I think is really important. And it always makes me think back to those conversations with Dr. Jenny that we've had Um, God bless her with her work with like chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, mitochondrial dysregulation, and how she always talks about that um, limbic brain, right? It's the limbic brain. And one of the big things with when you have vagus nerve dysregulation or low vagal tone um, and all these different symptoms can show up like anxiety or high blood pressure or even type two diabetes or Crohn's and colitis and all this kind of stuff can come up. Really, what you have to do is try to retrain your nervous system's response to feel safe again, because that's when it can relax, when Mm -hmm. it's no longer feeling like it's threatened. Um, And every time we talk about this vagal stuff, it just makes me think back to Dr. Jenny's stuff where she was like, it's really that idea of safety. And then when your body feels safe, it can actually heal and recover and adapt Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people I think aren't stimulating their vagal tone to be able to bring them back into a state of safety to allow their body to heal. And I feel like for me, that's the biggest take-home message. Healing happens in a parasympathetic nervous state. Optimal healing happens when your vagal tone is, is like well-regulated and it actually Mm -hmm. allows for your body to like rest, shift, and digest, rest and digest and recover. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so I, I found out that, that really interesting about the resiliency, uh, and then obviously tying in all the physiological correlates you're talking about there too. Um, I did see a study and I, did, I mostly looked at some anatomy to, 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 I guess, um, give some framework to what I already thought I see clinically, mm-hmm. but I did look at a, a couple of studies and I saw this interesting one on transcutaneous uh, vagus nerve stimulation. So they're doing this through the ear. Hmm. Um, Because, and again, I'll I'll throw in a relevant, you know, relevant anatomical bit here is that the vagus nerve does have, um, does have sensory uh, uh, origins in the, uh, in the oracle, in the ear. So you're going to, you can, and remember the vagus, and I don't know if I said this, the vagus has sensory and motor,
2: Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's a
0: two, it's a two-way street, just like there's a highway uh, behind me. And I always point to it when I'm talking to patients about nerves, how you know, the highway goes both ways. Right? Mm-hmm. We, and the nerves, we, we do the same thing, you know, with the highways as the nerves generally do a lot of the time, which is you've got a sensory and a motor um, sharing sort of some space there. So you can influence with input the vagus nerve. And then the vagus nerve also has output that influences those things. So that's a, that's like input and output aspects to the vagus nerve. Um, what was I going to say about that? Oh, the ear there's, there's an auricular branch, uh, which, which has uh, pain sensation or like sensation from external ear, tympanic membrane and the external acoustic meatus. So like stuff in the temporal bone, um, of the skull. So I find, uh, that transcutaneous nerve stimulation really interesting. Um, and what they found is that they were just, they did it in this study, they were doing it in healthy subjects. So they've done a lot of transcutaneous or, or in uh, they've implanted uh, vagal nerve stimulators in people since like the late nineties hmm. in, a, in quite a, so it sounds like quite an invasive kind of uh, procedure, but you know, if the, if the benefit outweighs the risk and, and then we'll often do things right. But they, They found even in these healthy people, uh, the vagus nerve stimulation. So you were talking about vagal tone. So stimulating the vagus nerve is kind of counterintuitive. Stimulating vagal tone helps settle nervous system. So it's counterintuitive. But um, what they found was in doing that that vagal nerve uh, stimulation auricular, um i believe it was auricular it was at least transcutaneous i think auricular is what they normally do reduces the emotional bias towards face faces expressing sadness and happiness indicating a decrease in emotional reactivity um so not just in sick people but also just in the average person which i thought was really cool
2: cool
0: yeah um other sort of i don't know clinical things that people may think okay i that that makes sense for me uh or i have that symptom um one of the most important i think bring to bring up is the gag uh gag reflex and swallowing issues Mm. um and i've i've been talking about swallowing issues in the stomach for a long time i'm 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 wondering if i've conflated stomach and vagal nerve issues because they're just so anatomically related intertwined Um, yeah like if you have a stomach issue, you probably have a vagal issue is kind of what I'm getting to. And I'm not, I'm not always sure exactly when one becomes the other. Um, but those are really, I think those are possibly the, the most important uh, things that I, I, symptoms that people may think are not maybe that important. Or if they're like, oh, I just have a little bit of issue swallowing sometimes, it goes down the wrong tube or um or it just feels like it gets stuck a little bit. Those are really good indications um, that maybe the vagal control of that is a little bit off, if not the structure itself.
1: It's so interesting that over the last few very stressful years we've all experienced as a global collective, I have been finding people coming in, more people now coming in than I think I've ever come across in most of my naturopathic life that have a hard time swallowing pills Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or like, can you have that in a chewable? Can you have that in a liquid? Can I get that in a whatever? Yeah. Like I'm getting a lot more people who are expressing that. And I don't know if it's just because of the stress of the last few years, if there's something they've always had, I can't remember based on my health history with them, but like, I don't know. There's more people coming in like complaining of, of of that, or it being, you know, a notable. You're more aware of it too.
0: Right. Right. Because of
1: what I have to prescribe. Right. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I know there's that's that's uh one of those whisper, you know, and I I say I'm a whisperer, that's one of the ones I'm looking for with the whisperings, which is may not seem like a big problem. Like once in a while, yeah. I don't swallow properly, or if something feels like it gets stuck, or like you're saying, I can't swallow pills. Like, come on. No, like this is not meant to be offensive to anyone, but you should be able to swallow a pill. Like if the majority of people can swallow a pill without, you know, thinking it's some heroic Olympian act, mm-hmm. um, then then probably most of us should.
1: I mean, and, Nick, if you can swallow a bolus of food, then why can't you swallow a bolus of like a pill? A, a pill? pill? Right, yeah. you know what I mean? Especially if it's not like a horse pill. I mean, most, I don't know, anyway. But your so pill I always, people, doesn't...
0: the people yeah. that you, you notice may have issues with, I wonder if they sometimes have problems swallowing a bolus of food. Great word, by the way, bolus. Yeah
1: bolus is a good word thank you thank you for recognizing that Dave appreciate it
0: that training's not for nothing
1: you know? <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> so, anything else that you come it came across but that that whole gag reflex and
0: yeah that one's, that following
1: is interesting yeah
0: those ones are probably the most relevant uh like in terms of uh prevalence and uh perceived Innocuousness. I
1: look at you, you with know, the words.
0: Well, yeah, that I yeah. Well, it just came out. Um, <laughs> but like other ones might be, uh, and and there might be other reasons. Obviously, for all of these things, obviously that goes without saying. Um, but really sensitive gag reflex, like uh, really sensitive brushing your teeth, and it's just like a, it. That's that's a sign, perhaps, that there's an extra sort of sensitivity in that um that aspect of the sensory motor loop there hoarseness so it's like a hoarse voice and and hoarseness uh may maybe sometimes related to a whole slew of other things in that area like maybe um you have silent reflux and so you're getting right. vaporized acid coming up and irritating right. uh vocal cords
1: right but uh, reflux can larynx. also reflux can also be because of poor fecal tone
0: exactly so then it's like well which one you at least you know you're in the right zone yeah right and and sometimes that's all i'm looking for with my people in the first visit i'm like am i in the right area code here like at least right (laughs) yeah um other other correlates that came up uh in in my reading were cough reflex uh because sensory in the um in the lining of the lungs cough reflex which again might be acid coming in vaporized acid from the stomach and other vagal related thing getting into the lungs another vagal related thing and then having a cough reflex and as you know and I actually think they do a good job of training us in school at least they did that a chronic cough can sometimes be one of the only signs of GERD or some reflux yeah yeah um sleep apnea was something I I, I saw and I, I hadn't actually I hadn't actually thought of that as as a vagal sort of symptom or possible correlate so oh. something else to sort of keep in mind. I th- I got learned. I got learned today about that one. Yeah. Michelle's thinking for the people that are just listening. Sorry, Michelle's thinking just... the wheels, the wheels are turning.
2: I know.
1: I just like start off in the distance. Deep in thought. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> so sorry to the audience. It was just like waiting for me to respond.
0: Well, that's what I did. That's kind of what you did, but I, I got to do it before we started recording. Um <laughs>
1: But like, yeah. What's your thought? Was, What's
0: your you're obviously so, so the wheels are turning there. What I'm you just thinking?
1: no, and I don't feel like I have a whole heck of a lot going. Like bits, like I've got some bits and pieces, but it it just makes me think of like people who do like their mouth breathers and doing boteco breathing and stuff, and it's a stress response that happens. I think I like I and I remember reading something about this, like a stress response that allows for sleep apnea to happen, and a lot of people can't adapt to that stress response. Well, if if that's something about that with sleep apnea and then Boteko breathing tries to get you to breathe more effectively with less oxygen so that your body doesn't trigger that stress response all the time. Mm-hmm. If i so, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if like the vagus nerve is part of sleep apnea, just based on those little bits of things that I remember. I think the last time I looked into that was like two to three years ago. So I might be completely off base, but
0: well, I, I, I get, I think you're in the right area code again. I think yeah. there's something, there's some link there and, and, and related to probably that is, is, um, because there's, there's vagal, uh, there's vagal sort of, uh, plexi or plexuses where there's it's that kind of like a little mini, uh, uh, not a brain. It's almost like a, yeah, there's connections between many nerves. It's like a, yeah, a little, a little thinking center.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and, and there's some, uh, around the the heart and the aorta and so sensing uh like bradycardia and hypotension so slow heart rate uh low blood pressure and also your your uh arterial gases so the mm. co2 and o2 so i can see how those may possibly be related to what you're talking about with sleep apnea mm-hmm. there
1: interesting yeah cool. so
0: then um that's another area of uh like a lot of vagal uh uh, sensory vagal stuff in that um, in that heart and carotid branch there. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, so, like, and how many people do you see? On, you, I mean, you see so many people on blood pressure medications, and I wonder how much of it is um, vaguely modulated at least. Because uh, I, I mean, and I'm I'm going to horrify any cardiologists out there by saying this, but but I'm going to risk it anyway. I do feel a lot of the time like we we treat the heart as if the problem is the heart itself, as opposed to like the information, the heart's getting or giving. And, and I've, I compare it to like a a horse. You can just like, you can just like whip it and whip it and whip it. And it will run and run and run until it can't run anymore. Um, Cause some people you'll see with, well, you could, you tell me what you think after I'm done this little blurb here, but like, it seems like a lot of people with heart, Uh, blood pressure issues are just stressed and so i say your heart's just reacting to your stress but then others i'm like i wonder if there's something else going on they don't they don't visibly look they don't look stressed they don't feel stressed when you have them in the office they don't you know help some people feel stressy yeah um they don't have that and you're thinking what the heck's going on so i wonder if this is something to do with blood pressure issues don't know
1: i what with the vagal tone yeah i I would think think it's part of it well i mean like your vagus response is also the exact opposite your vagal tone is the exact opposite of like a stress response so yeah. if one is taking the lead then your vagal vagal tone is probably being suppressed yeah right yeah so i mean I have, I have, yeah i have someone who's like wildly stressed on blood pressure medication and mm-hmm. and i was like it's it's and i was like we gave him some ashwagandha and i said and i was like gave him some other things and i said he, and, and I had a follow-up with him. He was like, I was measuring my blood pressure again and uh, it's quite high. And I was, when was the last time? He's like, could it be the supplements? And I was like, actually all the supplements, any of the supplements I gave you are meant to actually like lower blood pressure. Like I even made you, I even put the disclaimer on, like watch your blood pressure so it doesn't right. dip too much because these things are going to like calm your nervous system. So just monitor your blood pressure. And Mm -hmm. I guess he wasn't having a habit of monitoring his blood pressure. So before he started the supplements, he doesn't have a baseline. And I was like, what if it's actually better now, but you haven't checked it in two months and suddenly started checking it and it's still high. And I was like, but you Mm -hmm. live in a chronic state of stress. He's like, but I feel more relaxed lately. And I was like, okay, well, like just keep an eye on it. See if it changes, tell your doctor, (laughs) but, Mm -hmm. but, but he lives in a chronic state of stress. And I was like, well, yeah, that's, that's why your blood pressure is up. Yeah, like it's wild, and I was like, I don't think your ashwagandha is doing it because he was like, I actually feel more relaxed, and I was like, well, I don't think that's going to have an effect on your blood pressure in a bad way, then.
0: Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, one 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 thing I, I think when people have uh, blood pressure responses to to uh, foods, maybe supplements. In some cases, I had a mm-hmm. couple people react in really weird ways to to supplements. Yeah, I I will almost invariably blame the stomach and through its sensory vagus its effect on mm-hmm. feeling just shitty in yeah. some way yeah
1: yeah but but then i also was just like okay from here on in if you measure your blood pressure do it like we do in the office make sure your feet are flat on the flat on the floor focus on your breathing. Don't yeah. talk to people because all that stuff triggers your stress response and can affect yeah. your blood pressure. Absolutely. Said, take it at the same time every day. So you're not getting different parts of the day where you're just running home from work and you take your blood pressure, like take it around the same time every day so we can get some consistent measurements. Cause he's very haphazard about how his approach is to health. So I was like, hey, let's start getting right. consistent and start, you know, because I was like, and decrease your stress response. Like do these things when you take it. Yeah. So that we're not, aggravating things further so and that that's a big deal
0: yeah that's why and you know you have to do a few readings of blood pressure before you can even officially say someone has issues with hypertension too right because it's and it changes through the day you got those circadian rhythms yeah
1: after eating you know after coming driving home in traffic like it's going to be different
0: interesting thing i got learned today too about um vegas is that so we know it goes from the brainstem and and innervates all that uh, thoracic and abdominal cavity uh, up until the splenic flexure. So that's the last sort of third of the, of the uh, colon. Um, It does not include uh, that last bit of the colon and the rectum, the adrenal glands, which I thought was interesting, not innervated by uh, vagal Mm -hmm. vagus nerve and the reproductive organs, which um, the clinicians will probably know that, but, uh, it's interesting because I don't know if you'll see people have like, it's like they have all these upper GI concerns, but they poop like a champ.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And <laughs> maybe it's just, you know, the, their their sacral plexus where all the reproductive and colon and rectum stuff it, control is happening is fine.
1: That's interesting because I came across something and I didn't look into it further because it was literally super quick, but I saw something that the vagus nerve does innervate the cervix though.
0: No. No. I thought I read Um, something about that. No, that, that would, that would be, unless there's some, that, that it doesn't, no, that should be sacral. That should be S2, S3, S4. I
1: thought I came across something like that. So maybe I'm wrong, but I'll look at, cervical. I'm going to look into well, that cerv- a little
0: further. Was it cervical neck? Because not cervix, but cervical, because no, it are... said,
1: I'm pretty sure it's a cervix, but maybe oh, okay. I, maybe I read it and wrote it wrong, but anyway, yeah, but, but it, maybe, yeah,
0: there are cervical, um, plexus, uh, plexuses. So, I mean, I, I I looked at it I was going, what the heck? but it was cervical like neck cervical. Yeah, so I don't no, maybe there's No, was... this
1: was I'm pretty sure this said cervix as in oh, Okay. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. But anyways I... so so
1: I'll have to so audience don't 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 read me on that one if I'm wrong because I might have misquoted <laughs> something there.
0: I'm gonna, I'm going to get you I'm just going to say she, they probably they probably misread cervical. Let's go with that. Let's sure. give them the benefit. Let's give them the benefit of whoever wrote that. I'm
1: going to try and find that now. <laughs> We'll come back um, and haunt you <laughs> uh
0: and then what else did i want to bring up uh about this yeah so there's branches in the meninges the ear the pharynx the carotid which has those blood pressure and gas concentrates larynx so affecting uh talking which is probably why and we can bring in some biohacking you know relevance yeah. here that's why people like to do the gargling and yeah. singing yeah. singing stuff yeah
1: anything that's vibratory also like stimulates that vagus nerve so we'll get into like how to train your vagus nerve and like that would have to do something that will have a big part of it
0: um and then uh, pots is is worth bringing up it doesn't seem i think there's something to do with pots which is that postural postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome Mm -hmm. um it's not the exact same as as orthostatic hypotension when i got looking into i've always sort of wondered what the heck's this pots um but it seems like the tachycardia aspect of pots is the is the bigger thing not Mm -hmm. the not the sort of hypotension where you feel like you know you stand from from sitting or from lying and you just feel you're gonna you know you get pre-syncope or like that feeling of where you're gonna faint
2: Mm -hmm.
0: um but I bet there's some overlap with POTS and I, that's where I'll leave my, my comfort is that there's probably some more. It's not the same thing. Vagal dysautonomia. uh, I think there's some overlap with postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. What a mouthful that is. Yeah. Okay. Did you want to bring in some of uh, some of the stuff you were talking about at the beginning, or have we covered, um, Mostly, what you what you wanted to. Uh,
1: we could definitely bring in a little bit more. Um, but other than some things, it helps with your immune response because it helps lower inflammation. Hello, that's a big deal.
2: <laughs>
0: Actually, that <laughs> that is inflamed. huge. <laughs> that that is huge, and that's hmm. uh, we could we could totally go on a whole other tangent on that, but we'll we'll leave it at vagal tone, uh, and anti-inflammatory uh, sort of effects throughout the whole body are related. So that's hugely important therapeutic opportunity.
1: Yeah. Like such a beautiful thing.
0: Um,
1: digestion. So here's the thing with the vagal with vagus nerve is it's like so deeply connected with your digestive tract and it's part of that bi-directional communication of your gut brain access. Right. So, um, It helps with the gut immune system. It helps reduce inflammation in the digestive tract as well. It can help reduce reflux if it's like properly stimulated and it's vagal tone is good. It can help with constipation, IBS symptoms. It also is like, it contains like primary sensors to monitor any kind of GI signals. So it's going to look at your pH. It's going to look at the hormones in the gut. It's going to look at the gut bacteria. It's going to look at like how much gut distension there is. It's going to look at what the bolus of food that's moving through your intestinal tract is. It's monitoring all of that. And it's through your vagal tone and your gut, get your gut brain connection, your bacteria get to communicate with your brain via the vagus nerve, which is- amazing because your gut is your second brain. So just to like double down on the importance of the vagus nerve, if you guys haven't hit, you know, if we haven't hammered that home yet. Like the gut brain connection is so pivotal when it comes to how the rest of your body is able to regulate as well. And then the fact that it can just lower inflammation as part of your immune response is also huge. The fact that it can help regulate anxiety and depression huge. The, the fact that it can help you adapt to chemical and physical stressors, huge, right? Like I think in a world that's gotten progressively more stressed, more fast paced, more go, 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 like your foot's on the gas pedal all the time, even if, and I get a lot of people who come see me and they're like, but I don't feel stressed. Like I love my job, but they're like pace of life is wild. And I was like, just, and even though they're mentally in a space where they feel like they can stay on top of it. And it's like, they thrive being busy. And I was like, biochemically, your body is still, and a chronic stress response, even if you're mentally feeling like I got this, right. So um, we need to start finding ways to, to create space, to stimulate vagal regal tone, which is part of why I send people to like osteopaths or like visceral manipulation and things like that, because working on the digestive system um, will help with vagal tone. And then also just working on this, on the spinal column and the innervation of organs and just making sure your nervous system's healthy and like your, you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. So that's why I love osteopaths. And that's why I send my clients to them. And that's yes. why what you, uh, and that's why what you do with your visceral work is also going to be important for people's vagal tone. I imagine too.
0: Yes. And and I'll say uh, something I, I, yeah. Like what you're saying is, is, very, very uh, important, and the fact that um, some some probably manual therapy to the guts is is part of mm-hmm. uh, getting better a lot of the time because I think it's even seventy percent of the uh, of the vagus nerve is sensory. so there's more bringing information back than there is mm-hmm. uh, sending information down.
1: And that's so- why massages and stuff are also helpful, right? Uh, like yep. like stimulating the back of the neck and releasing tension in the back of the neck can help stimulate a vagal tone. Like when I was looking into like all the well, that's where it comes the out. options about vagal yeah right. So that's why when I was looking into like all the options on how to like stimulate or or, or strengthen your vagal tone. I mean like I knew about I knew about the chanting, the singing, the humming anything that stimulates Mm -hmm. that vibration in the vocal cords will stimulate vagal tone but also loud gargling not just gargling but they specifically say loud gargling um when you look it up that's a big one deep Mm -hmm. belly belly breathing because a lot of people breathe really shallow and your vagus tone your your vagus nerve is a really important role in breathing
0: yeah you can (laughs) you can modulate um Your vagal tone with breathing—that's actually a really—that's why even in this paper they're talking about like yoga and meditation, yeah, just exactly. as a way of modulating it. Too.
1: Exactly. But then there was a few other things like cold showers, cold dips. Like if you can go take a cold walk around the block, that helps. Exercise also helps to stimulate your vagal tone. But like that's why also again yoga is another one because it connects physical movement with the with the really like mindful breath work. Um, mm. But. Um, laughing is another one that also helps regulate your vagal tone so yeah, like yeah. find find joy every day and laugh a little bit every day but um the cold showers is a good one so if you can do like 30 seconds of cold at the end of your hot shower that can also help stimulate your vagal tone but there was a few other things there was one it was like tickling the face the neck and the scalp and the minute i thought of the scalp you know those like those like those things that, that yeah, massage yeah. your scalp and they have all those like little prongs and you kind of like move it up and down on your scalp and yeah. I was like maybe that's why those became so popular
0: <laughs> it does feel good yeah so yeah, so that was another
1: one so tickling face neck and scalp um oh my god
0: my kid loses mind when I tickle yeah. his neck yeah and he just giggles and giggles and yeah vagus nerve baby yeah
1: Because it says the trigeminal nerves carry sensory input from the face, scalp, teeth, oral, and nasal cavities, and contains connections to the vagus nerve. But fun fact, bitters also stimulate the vagus nerve. I don't think I knew that. So yes. it says bitter-tasting things have found to activate the vagus nerve and increase vagal tone by sending stimuli to the brain. So, like our typical digestive bitters, your gentian, your wormwood, dandelion, arugula, radicchio—like in my Italian heritage, I love those bitter salad greens and stuff. Like, I was like, yes, I'm. A, I actually have some arugula downstairs. I'm gonna make a bomb ass salad
0: after this. That's that's why if you if you think about some of the old. The old boys, old girls, old oldies, oldies about naturopathic uh, and and bitters, yes. they would they uh, they they'd use them to stimulate appetite, and some mm-hmm. of them were also used as like a kind of nervine calming. So, the old the old people's a lot of the time they had the basics right a lot of the time. Yeah,
1: look look to the elders, man. Our elder naturopaths that's why like hydrotherapy and like do walking and all those things probably had such a profound effect on people's healing and i know like uh, we we talked about this even with dave nelson how we were like a lot of those elders and our grassroots naturopathy 101 there's the science now to finally show the effects of those practices we had and show the value and the validity behind those practices that are part of our naturopathic heritage
0: yeah, I think I think I think that's true and then we just have to um you know cut the fat just like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the concepts are usually on, right? I wanted to talk about this. I found this thing online because I had a, a kid with ADHD and I thought I'm I'm seeing this very it's because of that emotional resiliency that I'm thinking for ADHD there and they all and this kid too, guess what? He's anemic and there's probably something to do with the upper GI when you can blame the stomach and then the vagus nerve. And I'm like, you know Mm -hmm. what, I'm thinking about just trying to, to look for some solutions, uh, like for vagal nerve stimulation. So I found this one called new Nirvana life. uh, And I'm, and I'm uh, interested to, I I, I think the mom might get it for, for the boy and we'll, we'll see. I'll give an update when I hear about it. But I mean, the kid loves music. And this thing, you just put it on with like your, your smartphone, listen to music, and then it, it stimulates transcutaneous uh, vagal nerve stimulation. Um, so uh, yeah, keep, stay tuned. There might be more of this stuff coming out. I think some of them are under FDA evaluation in the States. Um, so yeah, that, that'd, that'd be great because it's it's hard to treat the... Let me say that, back up here, The there are so many, like the more I see people and and the more I understand a bit about stomach vagus nerve and all that I'm like wow we need to know more because because we need to do more to support this vagus nerve like you said with life being a bit crazy hectic feelings of uh, safety PTSD anxiety ADHD my god like if we can find ways in um, to to support vagal tone so many things Michelle are going to get better so many things. So yeah I, uh, and I, I should say too, um, you can uh, this and this might people so I might lose some people here that's okay. Um, I have been doing some hands-on manipulation uh, that affects uh, vagus tone and um, it, it involves you know palpating areas where there's you know maybe vagal plexus, the back of the or the jugular framen uh, or down in the, in the uh, upper GI where there's a couple of, you know, hot points. Mm -hmm. So if you, there, you can find people who can with uh, physical manipulation um, osteopathic uh, they can um, they can treat to some degree, varying degrees. I've had varying degrees of success. I remember I have not been doing it very long, so I wouldn't be like a, you know, a pro at this. But the fact that you can even do anything by touching where the vagus nerve, um, where you can access the vagus nerve with, with osteopathic techniques is absolutely mind blowing. And I, I, uh, I hope to you know, learn more and, and I hope that people know that you can seek out probably an osteopath who might have some ability, uh, to, to work on that, that actual nerve.
1: Yeah. And it might just have to be that it has to be like a layered effect, the osteopath plus maybe some practices at home. Like you do a 30 second cold blast. Maybe you learn to do some deep breath work, like an all fairness though. Like everybody needs to give that. Like most people, let me find my words. I feel like I'm tripping here. I feel like 99% of the population could very well use A nice 10 minute break in the middle of their day to just do some deep breath work, go outside, get some fresh air, feel the crisp air on their face, get some sunlight, just like reconnect and just breathe. And then you might find that the rest of your day just goes so much smoother and it could be as simple as that. And yet we don't even allow ourselves that. We get so preoccupied with being busy and then we wonder why, why am I sick? Why am I not healing? Why isn't this getting better? Why can't I sleep? Why am I irritated? Why am I snapping at my children? Why am I this? But you know, like we cannot take for granted. Sometimes those simple practices that can have a very profound and accumulative impact on our quality of life. And you might not feel it the first time, but you might feel it after a month of committing to this process. You might be like, yo, I'm a totally different person now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah no it's true you got to quit to i think some form something. of this relaxation and and i don't do we say anything about sleep what do you mean in what uh, regards well well i if you have vagal dysfunction you're not going to sleep properly
1: well i mean we talked about the sleep apnea but we didn't really talk about like insomnia and stuff but yeah
0: yeah i mean just what in whether it's sleep apnea or something else sleep maintenance insomnia, I think you're going to have problems uh, or there, there's, there's opportunities for vagus nerve, uh, uh, therapeutics to, to help with that. Well, hundred
1: percent. Um, like half the time people who come to see me and they're like, I don't sleep well. And it's either they can't fall asleep because their mind's going a mile a minute thinking about all the things. So hello, anxiety, or they're waking up several times in the, middle of the night, which is typically a cortisol response or a poor blood sugar response, which then triggers your cortisol response and cortisol is a stress hormone, which means that your body's in the exact opposite of where your vagus tone would be stimulated. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. break it down well, that way.
0: <laughs> well, I think what I, I didn't, I mean, we can't, that's, that's a good summary, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't learn that as, or didn't, I didn't really, uh, really understand the, the wisdom there, the influence of. A Vegas nerve until I did that pediatrics course for um for kids uh osteopathic sort of visceral mm. manipulation. When the teacher, she's amazing. This physio, Jeanne uh, Zoller, she gave a list of here is a list of symptoms in unregulated children,
2: mm. and
0: and they you know they've got gut problems. <laughs> they usually bring up and and spit up and things like that weren't that wasn't that weird to me, but it was uh don't sleep through the night or or problems sleeping in the night where they cry or they're just they're not good at night and i was like huh that's interesting that that's very interesting because they're if they're good if they're really well regulated and they're calm and feel safe and everything's like the sort of emotional environment at home is is quite good then then they don't have as much of a problem sleeping through the night in fact they probably won't um -hmm. and then uh that just a little segue into uh what we did what we did to treat a lot of those kids, because we had to we had kids come in to, to treat them, they come in usually with their mom. And uh, if the kid was unregulated, you looked at the mom. And it's hmm. not the blame, it's not the blame month, but there's no. a very special dyad between mother and child. Um, I mean, the goddess that makes the kid like uh, you me, I mean there should be some relationship you're like a mini goddess when you make a being. So anyway, uh, a lot of the, uh, the osteopaths or practitioners that are doing this, they, they knew intuitively or was it because of the teacher? I don't know, but they treat the mom mm. and then you could treat the baby
2: because
0: mm. the baby won't let you in. If the vagal, if the vagal tone isn't there, they don't feel safe and connected,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is, you know, and, and uh, they need to look at your face um, singing helps playing, like all the things you're talking about too, like playing, laughing, that's how you connected with the kid. But if the mother's vague, if she was so dysregulated in her own system, the baby or child just reflected that. And so you treat the mom person.
1: Yeah, but that baby. makes a lot of sense to me. You know, like the fact that skin to skin contact helps regulate the baby's nervous system and heart rate and everything like that. in those first few moments of coming out of like the womb, it's, it's that connection again. Like there's such a profound connection between the baby and the mom. And because kids don't have the language and because infants don't have words and they don't understand most words, they're probably feeding off of um, emotions, facial, yeah. like you said, facial expressions, but also yep. emotions is Dr. Joe Dispenza. always says this emotions are energy in motion. And our thoughts and our emotions and everything has an energetic imprint. And if you're spending this much time with a the baby, there's an exchange happening. So the, the the erratic vibration in which you vibrate at is going to have a direct impact in which how your your child what your child receives. So for me, like that makes a lot of sense.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's why kids
1: are so, so responsive to homeopathics. They respond so well to like energy medicine because they're so attuned to that. They don't have all the rest of the bullshit in this world that like starts to cloud their body's ability to receive that information. So that like makes so much sense in my mind.
0: Yeah. And even when they're really young, they don't know that they are separate from anything else. They don't even have that understanding of being a separate entity. So Mm -hmm. It makes even more sense that the that the environment of those closest around them um has a massive impact on them so
2: yeah that's super cool
0: yeah i think i i'm i'm pretty much uh i'm pretty much happy with our our vegas nerve chat
1: yeah i said when i needed to say
0: yeah <laughs> and i would give us a good review for this episode ah! And if you feel like giving oh, us a good, totally review,
1: unbiased,
0: <laughs> completely biased, but yeah, I well because I had a, a good time sort of uh, learning again the anatomy and putting it to into uh, the places between our clinical understandings, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, the nerd in me feels really good about this. And uh, if you liked the episode, uh, yeah, <laughs> give right. us a good review
1: too <laughs> like share do we want to yeah, do? we don't
0: ask all the um, time
1: and cha- yeah we don't but come on, you know
0: love. what's it hurt
1: come on the love What's that spread button? the love spread yeah <laughs> let everybody else know that they just stimulate their vagal <laughs> terror can you imagine everybody just like took a cold 30 second shower and took some deep breath work in the middle of the day how much happier were what our world be Spread the information, you guys spread the love. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do some deep breath work and, and some chant some Om Shanti Shanti stuff right now and stimulate my vagal tone.
2: That a
0: girl. Be great. That a girl. Okay. Well, thanks people for listening. And uh, thanks for listening to our um, suggestion, to like, and share, do it and uh, stay tuned. And we'll, do we'll talk that. to you. <laughs> Press that button. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. Bye, Michelle. Guys.